You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heats UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. Before we come into today's episode, just remind everybody, please, to check out our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV. That's where we've got all of our pre-game live streaming shows that we do each and every game day. Um, We're just trying to get this thing running, so please go over there if you can. Hit that subscribe button because we're trying to get it off the ground. We've got lots of other fun things going on as well. So please go and check that out. Also, of course, remember to check out the website, www.miamiheatuk.com. We've got a new contributor, James, who's going to take over that side of things for us. He's going to keep it up to date every single day, hopefully. And um, and so bookmark that and do us a solid there. So, uh, yeah, lots of fun things coming from the account. So just help us out. Go and subscribe. That'd be great. On to today's episode. And I am delighted to welcome back for the second time. The coach, Tony Fiorentino. Tony, how are you, sir? How's it going, Dan? I love fans across the pond, baby. Oh, well, we, we, we love you over here as well, Tony. It's great and absolute privilege to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me again. Tony, last time we spoke, it was about 18 months ago. It was just as COVID just started to hit. The season had just been suspended. It's incredible that we are now a what a season and a half further down the line in such a short space of time. But uh, first and foremost, how are you? How's things over there? How are, how's you and your family? I hope you're keeping well and keeping safe. Things are going well. You know, I'm not on the air anymore. I'm doing uh, community work for the Heat. I got yep. reassigned. And uh, we're doing uh, junior heat clinics, camps, um, anti-bullying campaign in the classroom. So we've been pretty busy. And of course, I go to every heat home game. And, um, you know, uh, just rooting for them to have a good season. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, yeah, well, let's get straight into it because we are having a good season. It's been a really solid start. I think right at the beginning, uh, sort of on the eve of the season, we had the usual uh, Pat Riley press conference, and he sort of pin-marked this. He said, look, if we can get through that opening stretch, that first sort of 15 to 20 games, if we can get through that in good shape, then we, we can expect this team to do some good things. And at the moment, Tony, I think right now, just after last night's defeat to Denver, 13 and 8, 21 games in, uh, a very tough start to the season, lots of road games. Um, and now the season's starting to, I know it sounds silly even at this stage with three quarters of the season still to go, but the strength of schedule is in Miami Heat's favour. So this has been a solid start to the season, hasn't it? Well, you know, what's amazing about the whole thing is that they did play the first 13 out of 20 games on the road. They went seven and six, I believe, on the road. And there's another 13 of 20 on the road coming up. So it's really an incredible start as far as uh, uh, road games to home games ratio. But any coach will tell you, I think, that they'd rather have the the road games first. And if if we call back when the Heat went to California to play the, the Lakers and the Clippers, with about 20, 30 seconds left in both games, he'd had a chance to win both games. Yeah. Okay. And then they went on and won the last two games. And they went uh, two and three, I believe, on that road trip. And then um, they started out poorly in another road trip, but then came back and won at uh, Utah after beating Utah at home. Utah had the, well, maybe the best record in the NBA when they beat Miami, beat them in Miami. Then a week later, go to Utah and beat them in Utah. 
very difficult to do. That place is an almost impossible place to play. For me, it was the hardest venue in the NBA to win because the fans seem like they're right on top of you. I was a high school coach from New York, and it reminded me of a high school gym where you go into an opposing team's gym, and you know the noise and the, and the people are right on top of you. That's what Utah's like. So the Heat have gotten off to a pretty good start, 13 and eight. Uh, came off a loss last night to uh, Denver. They just got Jokic back. They had lost six in a row. And the Heat played without their two top scorers in, uh, in Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. So it, it, uh, they lost by nine, but it really wasn't that close. And so now they, they go into tomorrow night playing Cleveland. Yeah, that's it. And let's, let's just touch on the, uh, the game to Denver because um, a lot of very highly anticipated game because of obviously the events of what happened out in Denver. Um, and yeah, it was always going to be a tough one, wasn't it? I think when we heard that, that, that both Jimmy and Tyler were out, um, that's a lot of points and a lot of, um, you know, uh, ball facilitation, ball handling. That's a lot of that side of things gone for Miami. So that was always going to be a big uphill struggle, despite the fact that Denver, as you quite rightly say, was on a six-game losing streak. Um but yeah, like you just said there, it was a nine point or uh, yeah, nine point win that didn't feel that close. Um, some people are um, sort of, again, maybe not taking a, a, the, the, the perspective side of things that the Heat have still had a very good start to the season, despite, as you quite rightly say, some uh, tight losses couldn't go, could have gone either way. But some people sort of maybe focusing on the Duncan Robinson slump at the moment, uh, uh-huh. Tony. And it has been a slump, hasn't it, all season? We've seen some flashes. But um, what do you think here now? Because, um, again, just three points last night for Duncan. Uh, continued that streak, that incredible streak that he's got. He got that one basket, that one triple to keep this uh, incredible uh, franchise record streak going. But what do we do now? Do we do we continue to let him shoot his way out of this slump? Or do you think it might be worth, you know, just giving him a bit of time out? Maybe a couple of games. Maybe bringing in Max Struess and seeing how he gets on, who's, who's, who's been looking very sharp. Or would that maybe hinder Duncan Robinson's confidence? What's your feelings on it? Well, it's a it's a double-edged sword right there. I think knowing Coach Spolster as I do, we're very good friends. When I was an assistant on Coach Riley's staff, he and I worked together because the, the video coordinator works with the assistant coach, uh, one of the coaches. And so I worked on So I know I know how he coaches, and I, I announced many of his games throughout the years. Mm. He's not going to take Duncan... Uh, uh, t- uh, Duncan, Rob, uh, Duncan Robinson out of the starting lineup. He's going to keep him there. He's going to encourage him to keep shooting. Guaranteed today they had a practice. Guaranteed Duncan got an extra shooting. He could come out tomorrow and make seven out of eight, seven out of nine. And you mentioned Max Struess. Well, if you noticed the game last night, if you watched it, in the middle of the fourth quarter, Struess was playing and not Duncan. And so people are too caught up in who starts the game. Yeah. Rather than who finishes. And last night, Struess was in the game when he was trying to make a run at the end of the game. So there's, there's, there's a couple of ways to handle it. You don't want to take away the confidence from Duncan. He's not a guy that you lose a lot of confidence, even though he went one for nine last night. With the two guys out that we mentioned with all the scoring, you needed him to have a real good night shooting the threes to have a chance to beat uh, a Denver, one of the top teams in the West. And it didn't happen. But the key here is not to panic, continue to have confidence in him, continue to have him start when he's open, make the shots. Uh, the thing, the subtle thing that goes on that a lot of fans don't realize is that because Duncan is so efficient from the three-point line, they've been overplaying him a lot. 
which means that when they're way out on the three-point line, 20, you know, four, 25, 26 feet from the basket, the Heat sometimes are playing four on four because they're taking one defender out of the game. Now, it's a little easier to score four on four than five on five. Mm. When you're picking rolls, there's one less guy to help. So there's a lot of subtleties that are going on. Even though Duncan is not shooting the ball well, the opposing team expects him to make every shot. So they're going to defend him like he's hot. And that helps the Heat. So there are a lot of subtleties involved from the coaching standpoint. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you highlighted on the fact that, yeah, a lot of people are caught up on who starts rather than who finishes. Um, and yeah, um, I think that it is one of those things, shooters, they, they will go through slumps. Um, we thought that maybe it'd come back. He had a really good game uh, a few games ago where he hit several. Um, it, it will come back to Duncan. And I think the worst thing you could probably do now is take him out of the rotation, even if it's just for a few games. He just needs to, he just needs to get his head clear. Just get 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 that rhythm back. I'm sure it'll come because that's what he elite will. shooters do. Yeah, that's what elite he shooters will. do. Um, one guy that, as we said about starters, and he's not been starting, but he got his chance last night because of the injuries. Caleb Martin, Tony. Um, I've been so impressed with his energy. Um, he's just his all-round play, his athleticism. His, um, he, he seems like he's got good basketball IQ. This is a guy on a two-way contract. That's, that, is, that is incredible business. What do you make of Caleb so far this season? He's playing well, you know, especially with Morris out. Marquise Morris got hurt 11 games ago in Denver. Everybody knows about that. Um, and, and he's come in and played Morris numbers. If Morris wasn't hurt, he would have started last night. So Caleb's getting his, he's getting his opportunity. I thought it was a great pickup by the Heat, especially as a two-way, you know. Mm. Um, he's, he's a very good player at both ends of the floor. He's a good defender. He can make the three. He fits perfectly in the Heat culture. Because if you notice, almost everybody on the team moves well without the ball. Um, you know, like in football, when they know it's going to be a running play and the, and, and the receiver, like, dogs it a little bit. But you don't have to run hard because not, that doesn't happen with the Heat offensively. All guys are running, whether the place to them or not. And as Coach Spolster always says, uh, the ball finds energy. And you, you, get, you, you accumulate a lot, both on offense and defense, when you are moving well without the ball. Not just moving, but moving in a smart way. And Martin's been very good off the bench for the Heat. Last night, he got the start and played well. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think he's been a, a real shining light this season. And the same with Gabe Vincent. He's been he's been outstanding as well in recent weeks. Um, so really, really good. Just shows that this depth that I was one of the maybe um, sort of my, my main, not criticism, that's the wrong word, but my main concern uh, about the Haddis roster was was um, sort of constructed. And I was so pleased with the acquisitions we did in the offseason. But my one concern was maybe about the scoring depth. And people like Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent now are really putting that to bed because they're, they're, they're showing that we can get games over the line, going all the way down to sort of the eighth and ninth man in this team. The um, one thing I want to uh, to ask you, Tony, um, before we no, come on to... Uh, Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, and then you add Struce to that. So uh, yeah, those three uh, guys are giving you scoring off the bench where you weren't quite sure what you were going to get. We, we kind of knew Tyler was going to rebound because he had the offseason to work out. He put on 10 pounds. You know, I run the Heat. I direct the Heat basketball camps over the summer, and Tyler was a guest twice. Kids yeah. love him, and he loves coming to the camp. And you could tell his attitude was one where he couldn't wait. He, you know, he... One of the things that happened when, when the Heat were going to draft, when, when he came out three years ago, late, late in the first round, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, lottery pick, um, the Heat spoke to Coach Calipari, and they asked him about Tyler. And Calipari told them one thing that the Heat really liked about Tyler. 
Calipari told me that if you like the work ethic of Bam Adebayo, you're going to love Tyler Hero's work ethic. And it's exactly what he said. He, they know that he has arguably the best offseason, best development program in the NBA. Many people are aware of that. A lot of agents are aware. That's why the Heat yeah. are getting some players that they can develop. And, you know, you just mentioned two of the three guys that have been here for a few years, you know, with, uh, with Vincent and, and Struess. And you, look at, and you look at Duncan Robinson, how he's developed over the years. And look at Bam. Bam wasn't even looking at the basket a couple of years ago. Now he's an Olympian champion, you know, gold medalist. And he's going to maybe be, you know, he's been an, uh, an all-star. All of that is because of the Heat development program. And Tyler is another example of that. So the Heat's in a good spot right now. One quarter of the season's over. They're five games over 500. And let's see what happens. Yeah, brilliant. Very, very well put. Um, I love that. And you've led me on quite nicely there to with, with Bam Adebayo because he was next on my list. Um, Bam uh, struggled a bit last night. Struggles a bit against Jokic in general, which is no sort of slight because um, Nikola Jokic is, is by far, in my opinion, the best centre in the league. Do you think that Bam, we've seen him take leap, leaps every season, um, you know, only his uh, second year, I think, now as a, as a genuine bona fide starter. Uh, we've seen him progress. We've seen him make an, a, an incredible start to the season. But do you think that Bam, although still young in his uh, NBA career, could he become like what Nikola Jokic maybe is now, like an MVP caliber player, somebody that can take the, be the number one option maybe on a franchise? Well, I'm going to use a phrase that Coach Bolster uses when, 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 he, when he's confronted with a question like that. Yep. And he would say, we don't put a ceiling on anybody. You know, we, it's going to go where it's going to go. That all I can tell you is that he's not surprised about how well he's playing. They gave him that huge contract money-wise, which is what he deserved. And now he's playing up to it. Um, he keeps adding things to his game every year. He's gotten better with that little mid-range jumper. Last night, he had four points at halftime, wound up with 20-something with, four, I think it was 14 rebounds, six, seven assists, really played well in the second half. But they were already down 20 mm. when, they, when, they, when they started playing well. So we don't want to take that one game. But um, uh, he's, he's, he's a guy that's got an unlimited potential, and this guy's the limit. You know, you don't know where he's going to go. You just keep working hard. You keep, he keeps working hard. He's a great team player. He can guard one through five on the floor. He's a potential defensive player of the year, that sort of thing. And that's really where you want to go with all of that. And he'll tell you that he would love to be an all-star again. He would love the defense. But the main thing to him, same as Jimmy Butler and the same as for Lowry and all of them, is the W that counts. When you're a professional athlete playing on a professional team, the only thing that matters is the W. It doesn't matter how you get it. And so his development has been un unreal. He's been great. And the sky's the limit. Yeah, I love that. And that's what my, that is the thing that I love most about this team is there's no, there's no superstar here that, or nobody that believes that they're above the team. Everybody is here to play the same role. Doesn't matter whether you're the franchise, uh, face of the franchise or whether you're the 10th man uh, down the rotation, you're here to do a job. And all that matters is that W. So yeah, that's great stuff. Um, Tony, I'm going to get your thoughts, uh, maybe as maybe your sort of top three, if you like, players of, of, of our season so far as we hit this quarter mark uh, of the st stage of the season. Um, there's plenty, plenty of, of candidates here. But if you had to take three of you think that 
you know, are, are excelling and, and, and making this all work and having the, the most sort of impact on this successful start to the season? Who would you highlight? Well, if you go with impact, Kyle Lowry has 100%. been a great impact on the team because the Heat changed the way they played. They, the Heat did not have a, quote, pure point guard like that the last few years. Goran Dragic, when he was playing point, was really a two-guard. He's a scorer. Um, Kyle Lowry's both. He, he's a distributor first, scorer second. I think he had 13, 14 assists last night. He's always looking for his teammates. And because of that, because he can make great passes in the open court, the Heat's running more than they did last year. They want to run every chance they get. And you got a guy like Bam who can outrun most centers in the NBA. So you want him to get out and run. A guy like Jimmy Butler, you get him the ball going downhill, so to speak, in the open court, very difficult to stop. That's why he's one of the league leaders in free throw attempts. And so, and you get, and 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 then and then you get because of, of the transition offense that the Heat have, where they're getting down the court quicker. There's a lot of mismatches, and it allows a guy like Tyler Hero to take people off the dribble and get into the lane area. Besides the three-point shooting, so the guy with the biggest impact to me has been Kyle Lowry, and probably the second biggest impact because of what he does off the bench. Right now, he's the best sixth man in the NBA, Tyler Hero. I mean, that's hands down. Okay. And he's had, he's had two 30 point games plus scoring games off the bench. I think there's only been one in the whole league up to like a week ago where someone in the whole league, 29 other teams, one person did it one time, Mm -hmm. 30 or more off the bench. So you can see the impact he's had. And so I think it's the, the style's a little different and they, they still can rely on, going to BAM to be the distributor on that high elbow area where they like to handoffs and pick and rolls and things of that nature. But they're running more because of Kyle Lowry and they're really getting great uh, scoring and great play off the bench from Hero, who's another example of it. He doesn't start, but he finishes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, just uh, touching before I get your last player there, um, Tyler Hero sort of took some flack from not Heat fans, but just in general for this um sort of quote that he made uh, uh, to, to Jeremy Taché on, uh, on Bally Sports Mic'd Up uh, as a Miami Mic'd Up podcast where he said that he wanted to be part of the conversation in the same conversation as the young leading uh, NBA stars in this league such as Luca and Trey Young etc John Morant um, although I wouldn't sort of pigeonhole maybe him there because I think those players are generational almost um, I loved that. I loved that, that. I want my guy to say that sort of thing, to say, yeah, I, I believe in my talent. And so far, sure. he's backing it up with the numbers to be in that conversation. What do you think, Tony? Do you think that there's all-star potential down the line here for, for Tyler Hero as early as this season even? Well, people took what he said out of context. Yeah. He didn't mean to say he's there now. That's what he aspires to be. He aspires to have the same impact that a Trey Young has where you got to gear your whole defense around that one guy. Then, you know, when you go, we're going to be playing Atlanta soon and uh, we already played them earlier in the season and we, we won. Um, you, you, when you go into that game, Tyler's the guy, I mean, uh, 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 Trey Young is the guy you got to, and then you think defensively the same thing with Denver, with, with Jokic, things emanate from that. Okay. When you play the heat, you've got to, you've got a lot of things you got to deal with because they have a lot of weapons. And so he was saying he wants to, he aspires to be that type of player. 
And people forget he's not going to be 22 years old till January. Okay. He's still a young man, you know, three years in the league, two plus years. He had a baby girl, as we know, and he's very content and more uh, focused maybe because now he's a dad. We know what kind of effect that has on some, some people. All right. It's had a very positive effect on him. And so put it all together and with the confidence that he has, we know he's confident. Okay. Bordering on cocky, but that's okay. If you can back it up. All right. And so that as long as you work hard, then you can, you're allowed, you know, uh, who was a satchel page, the great baseball player many years ago. If you can do it, it ain't bragging. <laughs> yeah, this so, is it. This is it. This, it's that type of thing. Yeah, that hundred percent. I love that, and that's the perfect recipe, isn't it? When you're when you're focused, and he put in a lot of work, he shut out a lot of noise in the off season. He got down. To, he got in the gym. He got himself working hard. Uh, he was very focused with a happy family life. He's content with that cocky arrogance that he's got in a good way, as you say. That's a perfect res- recipe for a successful season. So it's been great. Well, you know, the, the other thing that he does that people aren't focusing in on, he's become a much better passer. Yes. He really, when he gets into the lane and they're coming over, the, the bigs are coming over, he finds the open guys. Now, he's still a little careless with the ball. We talked about it last summer when he was at camp about what's the one thing you got to work on. In the open court, he, he tends to dribble a little too high. He is 6'4", six, 6'5". People don't realize how big he is, mm. but he's got it. He's, he's doing a better job with it, but he's still got to improve. Um, there are certain games, like there was a game the other day, the other night where he lost the ball three or four times. He's, he, he's such a hyper individual. Sometimes he's got to control that with the dribble and not give it away as a turnover. But again, he's in his third year. He's going to be 22 in January. If that's what, if that's what you're concentrating on that's, that he's doing wrong, that's correctable that and he's getting better at it so but i love the you gotta love the fact that he's really passing the ball better yeah definitely and as i say this is um you know we've got a player on our hands here that potentially you know you look at the three sort of max players now on this team uh, if tyler harrow's maybe are arguably quote unquote your fourth best player that's a damn good basketball team so it's exciting stuff it's exciting not too stuff. bad <laughs> not too bad at all so tony you've listed there uh cole lowry tyler harrow who would be your final person here to, to add to this list as the sort of the main sort of impactful player for the Heat so far this season? Well, you mentioned the four guys. Those are the, those are the, as the Heat goes, those four, those four go. If they're going to score, what the Heat have right now, they didn't have since the three All-Stars played together yeah. with Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. They had Shane Battier, you had Ray Allen, guys that could be that fourth guy. They have four guys now, the Heat, on a given night that could all score 25 points. Yeah. All right? They can all... They can, they, they, they all can pass. All right. They're all very good passers. We know that they've got uh, uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, even though we haven't mentioned a lot about him, he's the kind of person where, uh, the, 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 as the story goes, he made third team all NBA last year and his agent called him up to tell him. And in the middle of the sentence, he hung up. Jimmy <laughs> Butler did because he didn't care because he got eliminated in the first round and forced straight to Milwaukee. That's the only thing the one thing that he focused on and bothered him. He didn't care about being all NBA. That's, that, that's, that's not fake. That's real. Yeah. He doesn't care what the stats are. Okay. If you told him you're going to average 10 points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists, and the Heat are going to win 50 something games, he'll, he'll take it. He doesn't care about his end You know, and, and, and that part of that's the security of having a real good contract, but it's the perfect marriage between his attitude about, 
working hard and just focusing on the team and the team heat's culture yeah. what the heat culture is all about so yeah. it's a perfect mix it is the perfect mix exactly that and yeah when you look at those four big players the big four as we call them now um, yeah, that, you've only really got to get maybe two of them going on each night and add in players that with that dogged, you know, attitude like PJ and and uh, and Dwayne Dedman, etc. And, you know, this is a damn good basketball team. So that leads me on very nicely, Tony, to my final question for you before I let you go. Um, I had said, I have said many times, I put my neck on the line to say that although that in terms of a roster, you might look at some people that are more top heavy in this league and maybe overall just had that, that better you know that just just generally more talent perhaps but i i don't think i i would put miami in a seven game series over anybody in this league so i say that we can we, there, there is every chance that the heat can come away with it with a chip this year what's just what's the sort of signal here do you, do you think that are there many teams here that you believe are better equipped to to to, to win it all this year well, that's a great question. But before I get to it, I'm glad you brought up P.J. Tucker. We don't want to forget him. Coach. But the attitude that he brings defensively, he's a guy that most teams, most fans, we played Milwaukee three or four times in, during the regular season last year, played him four times in the playoffs. I don't know if Heat fans appreciated how good uh, and how good a team player and a defensive player and tangibles and all that that P.J. Tucker brings to the table. But when you see on your team, and you see him every night, you appreciate what the coaches appreciate. And he got a great compliment from Pat Riley when they asked him about Tucker. And Pat Riley said, look, I like him. We brought him here, but he, he's even better than I thought. Yeah. Because Pat Riley sees the practice every day when they play, when they're at home. He sees, the, he sees, he plays every second, Tucker does, of every practice, just like he plays every second of every game. And so when you, you read that to the other four that we mentioned and the guys off the bench, we get to your question. I, I said this the other day um, uh, to some people. I don't. I would not trade our chances with anybody to win the NBA championship. Now you got to think that Golden State and Phoenix are right there. Okay, you know that Milwaukee's the defending Eastern Conference champions. Um, uh, Philadelphia's getting some through some disarray there with injuries and with some other problems. That the Nets getting through the Kyrie thing and still have, you know, the last I looked had the best record in the East. So there are contenders there, but the heat's right there with them. And in a seven game series, when, when the game's on the line, I don't know if there are four better defenders on the same team that the heat has. When you look at uh, Tucker and you look at Bam, who can guard at one through five and you got Butler who can guard one through four or five is from himself. And you got uh, Lowry, who's a bulldog defender. That could mean the difference in game. So right now, I would not trade our chances with anyone. Yeah, definitely. And Victor Oladipo still to come back as well, who can do it at both ends as well. And so Yeah, you got, yeah that's right. You got Victor Oladipo waiting in the wings yeah. where, you know, they're going to bring him back slowly. That's what the Heat does. They never rush anybody back. And, hey, if he gets back, let's say, I don't know, whenever it is. Uh, you you know you got another guy that you can insert in there now. The four I mentioned on defense, you put him out there with those four. Oladipo's another one of those two-way players. He can really defend people. So it, 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 it's it's exciting. It's exciting, absolutely. I love it. It's um yeah. As I said, I'm, we're we're getting bullish over here. I think that you know as I said, the the team the the, odd, the bookies might have people above the heat, but I'm I'm taking them. I fancy them against anybody in the league. <laughs> 
And I love that because it, it's a really exciting season. As I listen to you, they're listing off some of the other names there. Uh, what's great about this season is nobody genuinely knows who's going to win it. And that's exciting for us fans. Um, and Heater in that conversation, as I said, we, we you know, we, we added three NBA champions in the, in the off season. So uh, the Here, Heater, here's one of the um, championship rings. Look at that. When look we won back that. to back. That we have three awesome. of them. Beautiful. The three of them are unbelievable. Yeah. Incredible stuff. So that's what we're cost. playing for. That's what we're playing for. I love it. That Tony, uh, half an hour has just flown by. Um, I've done nothing but just smile all the way through that listening to you talk. It's been a pleasure <laughs> to have you on. Um, where can everybody, if they don't know, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, I do a few things. Um, I'm on uh, 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 Tony Heat, three times world champion, 3XWC. That's right? the one. I'm on, uh, I, um, I have a website, not just basketball.com. I've got 40 Tony's tips on there. I got pictures of all he created really cool website. And then I have, I did, I, I teamed up with cameo.com. If anybody wants me to uh, send out a special greeting for, for a, a personal greeting for special occasions. Uh, um, and I mentioned, I, I'm also available to this group speak, but you know, you guys are in England, so I don't know how that works. <laughs> Maybe a zoom, <laughs> but uh, I have all of those things going on and, uh, awesome. and uh, you know, with all the stuff we're doing with junior heat, with the clinics and the camps, and we had started an anti-bullying campaign. We're very busy and it's easy for me to use the heat and their culture and use the heat players as examples and the heat culture as examples for kids growing up in South Florida that love the heat. You know, we, we, uh, I'm a former high school teacher and we also, we also teach life skills. So, it's all great. It's all it's all going well. Absolutely wonderful. Well, you know, Heat uh, Nation appreciates everything you do, Tony. It's great, uh, great stuff. Um, really, really appreciate everybody coming on. Delightful to talk to you. And one day I'm going to get out. I'm going to get out to Miami. Uh, it was supposed to happen uh, just before the season was suspended uh, because of the coronavirus last time. But I will try my best to get out there, all being well, later part of this season. So if you're at the Heat House, um, it'd be great to see you. But, um, well, I'd two be... things, Dan. If you come to Miami, I'll get you be my guest at the game. Oh, look at that. All right. Awesome. And if we win a championship, we'll come on again and do this again. That'd be incredible. And I'll hold got you it. To we it. got a date. <laughs> we got a date. Fantastic. Right, guys. There what a go. great way to wrap up. We'll call it a day there. Um, thank you so much for Tony Florentino there for sure. joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week with an upper episode. Until then, take it easy, guys. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.